Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Now, before we get started, there's something that I just really have to tell you. You'll have heard me mention our Work Your Way course before. And as one solo has told me recently, it's become her go-to when she needs a bit of guidance. It's got over 80 bite-sized videos, exercises and worksheets. All very nice. But here's the thing. All of that wonderfulness is now bundled into our premium membership. So you'll get all those learning tools and heaps of promo benefits, product discounts, and a copy of our best-selling book for just $99. If you're starting growing or re-energizing a solo business, frankly, it's a steal. And what's more, it's covered by a money-back guarantee. So head to our join page and find out more. Okay, now look, my guest today is Jill Brennan, who runs Harbour and Marketing, a Queensland-based consultancy that works with small businesses looking to grow into larger, very profitable, bigger businesses. And we're going to look at five marketing actions that, well, they don't feel like marketing. So, hello, Jill. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Robert. Great to be here. Good. Well, look, so what I th- the reason I, I'm so excited to be talking to you about this kind of theme, you know, five things that, uh, five marketing actions that don't feel like them, is that, you know, I know, and I'm sure you do too, that still so many small businesses have an issue, struggle a bit with marketing. And as a sort of an ex-marketing person myself, you know, I know that a lot of what we can do in marketing just isn't that difficult, is it? We just need to kind of, I think, during this um, this little ch- talk, is have a look at some ways that we can uh, dispel some of these myths that marketing is so sort of tough and grueling. Mm, I agree. It, it's. Um, I think the number of platforms now available and the number of methods just make marketing very confusing. So it can be confusing for people in the industry, so not surprising that it's confusing for people who are just trying to get their heads around it. Yeah, quite right. So look, where, where should we start? You know, we've got, we've got five actions. What's, what's your kind of first one, do you reckon? I think the the first one to start with is pitch. Um, Being Hmm. really clear about what you're offering is so important because obviously you want people to be able to easily understand, you know, what you're about, but also what sort of problems you solve for your customers. And then they can talk about you to others. So, you know, in other words, you know, your pitch really needs to be something that others can recall and repeat, you know, quite easily. I was at a networking function just recently and, you know, met a number of people. And one of the people I met um, was a woman and she, her pitch um, was good, but it was very long. And so there was sort of six or five or six different things that she specialized in, which meant that it was, it's very difficult. You know, if, if you knew someone, I know she's in the sort of the female coaching space. Right. A business. So if you knew someone that needed a female business coach, I could say, oh, I met someone who d- does that, but I'm not really clear about actually, you know, how do. she could help. 
Yes. Place. So um, you know, she was memorable in that she had a lot, a lot of mm. things that she was doing. But but in terms of me being able to repeat that and share it with other people, or even identify whether I might need that myself, it was too much. Yeah, and, no, and that's so that's common, important. isn't? Yeah, so common, isn't mm. it? Where you do hear people who, are, you know, understandably very excited about um, this fantastic skills that they have and things they can do, and, and sometimes it can kind of blurt out as a this kind of monologue and and. Um, and it's it, I know exactly what you mean that sort of sentiment where you know you kind of come away from that event and you say well I met somebody and she was really nice and really impressive but I can't remember what she does yeah, you know that's, right. that's just not going to work the, the other point I, I, I really love that you made there that is just so important is being really clear in articulating what it is that you do for your customers you mm-hmm. know I'm often remembered of a, uh, reminded sorry terrible English of a uh, of, of a talk I did years ago where we had a, a room full of uh, sort of alternative practitioners people who had wonderful skills doing incredible things um, but so often it was talking about um, basically you know what their their skill was as opposed to what problem they actually solved so anyway such such a great mm. point so pitch is the That's first one let's make sure we get that one. right okay absolutely and i guess the other thing that i would just say about pitch is that sometimes people want to sound different they don't want to say mm. i'm an accountant so they will say you know i make your numbers look fantastic yeah well that's great but actually i need to know first that you're an accountant and then what you'll do for me so I think it's really important to just to be kind of upfront first Mm. and say what you do then how you're different not how you're different and then someone has to go but actually are you are you a bookkeeper are you you know so yeah that's that's another great point actually and I'm guilty of um of of leading people in in the other direction sometimes I'm sure you just reminded me that is such a good point is let people know like okay here's the bit you understand now let me tell you why I'm different that's right. Yeah, okay. Great point. Okay. All right. So that was pitch. That's right. So I think the next one would be referrals. Um, obviously, mm. referrals are fantastic for solopreneurs or for any business really, but often solopreneurs are relying on referrals. But referrals can be really lumpy. Um, so one of the things, you know, usually when someone gets a referral, they'll thank the referrer. But what they also need to do is actually close that loop once they've helped the person. So Hmm. Uh, you know, a graphic designer has received a referral to someone. They've then designed a brochure for them. They should go back to the person who did the referral and say, this is the brochure that I designed for the person you referred me. It was, you know, it worked out really well. We, we worked well together. And it just sort of, it helps to build rapport, but it also helps understanding for the referrer of what actually mm. you do and, and how you helped. Because then, you know, they feel great. Um, it, it was a positive outcome. So they're more likely to sort of get you top of mind if, if you know, another potential referrer pops up. Yeah, look, another great point. And it's, as you said at the outset there, you know, re- re- uh, referrals are a bit lumpy. And I guess what you mean by that is, is sometimes you get loads of them, sometimes you get none of them. So it's, exactly. you know, they, they come in waves. Um, yep. But um, yeah, great point, because those those people who do refer um, are so valuable to our business. And yet, mm. How often does it happen that you refer someone and you never hear anything else about it? It's just, it's you know, it makes you feel very unloved apart from anything else, doesn't it? Mm, that's right. And I think it's um, it's another way to sort of touch base, um, you know, 
obviously, usually when you talk about sales, it's about, you know, how many touch points, but you want to be having touch points with your referrers, but not just any old, you know, hi, how are you going, actually make them meaningful. And this is mm. quite an easy way to do that. Um and the other thing I would say is, you know, review where your best clients have come from so that you know exactly who your top referrers are and then you can, you know, take them for lunch or you can just work out, you know, what they're trying to get done and, and perhaps how you could help them. Yeah, great. And I guess also uh, that, again, picking up your point of closing the loop is it's not, I guess we, we should do that even if the referral doesn't work out. We should. Mm. There's an opportunity to go back and say, "Well, look, thanks for that referral. It didn't quite suit that person. Didn't suit my business. You know, here's why." Because mm. that's again another opportunity just to get, um, you know, to kind of ease the incidence of of the right sort of referral in the future, isn't it? That's right. I think you'd want to have um, a couple of positive learnings, though, if you if, when you do that, because you know that wasn't the right sort of person, and it's made me realise that this or yeah okay you wouldn't say the right sort of person but you know i wasn't able to help them because i'm now focusing on this or you know something like that i you, you want to make sure it, it's certainly positive so the referrer still feels really good yes you're they. not you're not telling them off you, you're <laughs> no, thank you're right. thanking them and sort of fine-tuning yeah okay all right mm. terrific so that was pitch referrals where to next the next one would be partnerships and i think when people think about partnerships they'll often think of you know some highly structured joint venture type arrangement that you know could take six months to work out but really you know you're thinking about you should need to be thinking about something that's very simple and and a really great way to expand your appeal so you know if you were a graphic designer you could perhaps team up with a copywriter and you could run some kind of joint event or you know a webinar or you could offer a more seamless approach for a client so if someone did want to get a brochure done you've got a copywriter who can write the copy and you've got a designer who can make it all look fantastic and as the customer, you know that those two people work really well together because they've pitched their services together. Mm. So that that can be a you know quite a good way um, to 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 put a relationship together that that works for both of you, but isn't sort of too onerous if if it doesn't work. And it doesn't have to be exclusive either. You could work with other copywriters if you're a graphic designer. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, another great idea. But so when, if it's someone, someone, I think if someone listening who might be quite new, they set up quite recently, how do you, how do you make that first step in, um, in sort of having a conversation about some form of partnership? I think the important thing to do is to look at, you know, who your customers are and then what they might do before or after they employed your services. So the first step would be to identify who you could perhaps team up with. Yeah, okay. And and then um, if you're at networking events, you're on LinkedIn, you'd be wanting to, to target some of those people. So, you know, get familiar with them. And then really what you're wanting to, to talk to them about is what they're struggling with, what what areas do they find are difficult. So in the copywriting, copywriter example, it might be that, well, you know, I'm only one piece of the puzzle and I, I, you know, I've got a few graphic designers that I've worked with in the past, but I'm not really happy with them. So you, if you're trying to find out what those other people are trying to get done and then how you might be able to work together. But it does take a little bit to get that um, get that first one going, I think. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, again, hearing you sort of respond to that, I guess, it's it's kind of reminding me that this isn't something we should hurry, is it? If we're talking about, in many cases, partnerships that um, could last for you know the lifetime of our business. So, 
I guess what you know for somebody in a in a kind of startup type stage, it's it's uh, as you suggest, sort of putting the feelers out, meeting some people, and you know, but taking time to get to build the right sort of partnerships. Mm, you want a good fit because obviously, mm. um, by aligning with someone, you're aligning your brand and your reputation with them. So you, you do want to be, you know, sure that they're going to to deliver. Um, but yeah, I don't think you need to to rush into it too much. But also, you could just do an event, see how it works out. If it if it doesn't work out quite like you like, uh, like you were hoping, mm. then it doesn't have to go any further. Um, yeah. So it, there's easy, well, you know, relatively painless ways to sort of test um, what's going to work and what isn't. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting that whole sort of area of partnerships because it's it's something that, um, and I'm sure you see this, it's something that is so frequently done so poorly. You know, it's it's that sort of scenario where somebody looks at uh, another person's business and goes, oh, there's an accountant over there. That accountant's got, you know, 50 small business clients. Um, I'm a business coach. I just need to go and form a partnership with that person, and then he'll open his doors to all his clients, and uh, all my work will be done. You know, and uh, you know, which is just dreaming. And but often, I think that sort of sentiment, people just sometimes do feel that, and then that can cause them to kind of go in with, you know, just far too strongly, ill-considered. You know, we always have to think what's in it for the other person. If it's going to be a partnership, how are we both going to truly benefit from any kind of alliance? It's it's such such a thing to um, to to need. We need to do it well, don't we? Mm, that's right. And I, as you say, offer something of value that that they're you know that they're going to be able to use and that they're going to find valuable for their clients. Yes, yes, mm. definitely a two-way street. Okay, yeah. so referrals, uh, sorry, pitch referrals, partnerships, really lovely. Where to next? The next one would be getting feedback. I think mm. um, one of the challenges for solo operators is is getting some honest feedback about what they're doing so that they can improve. And I came across a really great tip the other day, which was not to ask for feedback, but instead to ask for advice. Mm. Um which I thought was really interesting, but it, it feels quite different when you say, could you give me some feedback on um, my website or could you give me some advice about how I could improve my website? It's quite, uh, It's got quite a different feel and I think what happens is that it actually elevates the other person that you're asking for advice. Mm, it doesn't seem totally. quite as needy and it's <laughs> sort of, it, it shows that you're actually going to take on board what's being said whereas feedback feels like a bit or or maybe I'll say the wrong thing but if you ask someone for advice well you know you are clearly wanting to to receive yeah it's it's it is kind of giving somebody mm. putting someone in a very respectful position isn't it and it's yes. interesting to hear you say that because so often you hear so many people that are um, lots of people are sort of tied up with all sorts of legal dramas when it comes to using the word advice or you mm. can't say you you know you can't say you give advice but actually inviting advice that's a whole different thing that's that's empowering someone to and and put, absolutely get putting them in a position where you're sort of kind of promoting a bit of humility from yourself saying hey I want to learn from you please help me um, mm. I can see why that would. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great tip you picked up. So mm. how, how do we actually go about doing this then? Well, it could be, um, you know, if you were emailing someone after they had uh, done some work for you, 
you could be asking them, you know, rather than I'd love your feedback, say, you know, what advice would you give to me to improve my services or mm. how could I, you know, I'd love your advice on, you know, how you thought the project went, that sort of language. Um, but I think you could also do it, uh, you know, face-to-face, obviously picking up the phone, that's a, it's a great way to, um, to get <clears throat> quite different sort of feedback because often if people are writing something, they'll be, you know, quite composed in, in how they're giving you that, mm. that input. But when you chat with someone, they'll make little asides um, that, you know, perhaps wouldn't work in a formal structure, a formal structured sentence, but, but actually they can be the gold. You know, they might say, well, it was good, but – and then that hesitation is a clue for you. To, mm. to ask something different, whereas if you if you um, if you're doing it all in writing, you don't get the hesitation, you don't get the ah. Uh, yeah, you don't get you the know, nuances of that sort that's, of thing, do you? That's right, and you don't mm. get the chance to ask ask sort of follow up questions, which you know it can be quite difficult to ask ring someone and, and ask those mm. sort of questions. So you do need to be um, to be being brave. And I, I heard something the other day about taking micro steps of bravery. So that's one <laughs> of those little micro steps yes. uh, that you can do, and then listen and and hear what what's being said. Not you know, try not to get too defensive, mm. let them give you the advice and then learn from it and, and move on. And that's the way you'll, you'll improve what you do and be far more valuable to your clients. I'm so happy as well that you put that emphasis on the, on the listening and, uh, and the bravery side of it because, you know, I see this on a fairly, well, on a daily basis in our forums where people ask for advice and 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 boy do they get it and um and sometimes it can be a bit blunt um Mm. but the thing is i think we do have to be brave and we do have to sit there and listen and whilst we're listening to things we may be hearing things that we think well no that's not right and no that's not what Mm. i did um and we have to sort of live with that don't we as 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 Mm. as small business owners i think and and we can sit down once this sort of conversation is finished and go okay well what did I hear that I can act on? What did I hear that maybe um, that person got the wrong opinion and that might nudge or suggest that you need to have a look at some of your procedures or your, you know, how you set things up that people can have that sort of opinion. So, yeah, I think once we ask for advice, it's um, we do have to just kind of zip our lips and open our ears and um, and man up a bit, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Well, and also, if someone does have a perception of you that isn't accurate, you have to then ask yourself, well, how did they get that? Mm. How are you communicating? Is it perhaps open to interpretation or is it clear? Because, you know, perception is reality. And if someone is perceiving that, you know, you're operating in a certain way and that's not your intention, then you, you really need to look at that. And I guess, you know, having said that also, you don't want to just change your, everything that you do just because one person said no, something. No, no, So, true. you know, you do want to have a, a little people. bit more, yeah. But, um, but it's still, you can learn from that. And I think that's the really important thing given we're in this momentous era of change that you have to be open to feedback and, and sort of changing up what you do. You can't just think, well, you know, that's the way I've always done it. Mm. And they're, they're stupid if they don't get it. 
No, much as we'd love to think that, that's (laughs) not good for business. And look, the great thing again about everything that you said so far is that it's, you know, you could be listening to this as as somebody who's planning to start up. You could be listening to this as someone who's just started up. Or you could be listening to this as someone who's been running a business for, you know, a decade or two. They're still all relevant. I mean, we shouldn't um, stop sort of closing the loop on referrals. We shouldn't stop um, honing our pitch. We shouldn't stop... Uh, inviting feedback we shouldn't stop and looking at the partnerships these are all things that we can do on an ongoing this isn't a do it once and then forget about it type thing is it this is the all these actions so far are the kind of things that we can and ought to be doing on a on an ongoing basis in our businesses Mm, that's right i think you want to get to the point where they're just part of the way you do business Mm. that's that's the way you operate and you know as you said um you know marketing can feel very confusing but if you can embed these uh four and and then the fifth one Mm. into how you operate then you can you probably have the headspace to to think about other marketing activities that you can do absolutely well so number five let's go to that one so So, so number five is you know how how can you help your customers so you really want to think about ways that you can help customers that's going to be easy or low cost for you but is going to offer a lot of value to them so you you know you, you have a think about this but um perhaps you're a business coach you could come up with an easy checklist that that business owners could use to perhaps evaluate a new opportunity or Maybe you're a web designer, you could create a document that talks about the top five mistakes that businesses make with their website. Mm. So it takes a little bit of effort up front to create that document and to think about what it could be. But then that's a fantastic tool to be able to uh, introduce people into to what you do. So it provides credibility that you actually know what you're talking about. And it's also fantastic for people to be able to share. So, you know, I've got someone who's created a, a document about what to look for when designing a website and you say, you know, you're going to build a new website. So I say, oh, I've got this document. I'll send it to you. It's a great way for people to, you know, coming back to that referral, great way for people to refer business to you in, you know, sort of indirectly. You're adding value. Um, you're providing something that that's useful. I get to feel good about it. You mm. get value out of it. You know, it's sort of a win-win. Yeah. And, and I, you know, just thinking about this, um, as, as we've been, you know, going through these 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 various topics, is it would not be inconceivable for a marketing consultant to have as a part of their sort of offering to help their customers, as you know, here are five reasons why you don't need a marketing consultant. Mm. You know, and that could be sorry, not trying to do you out of business here, but you know, so and that could be the five things we've spoken about. Now, how wonderful does that kind of come across when someone who's actually promoting marketing services is saying, Here are five reasons why you don't need marketing services? You know, it's Mm. giving away such value, indeed, in exactly the way that you're giving away value very generously now. But then, what people get as a sense of that is they say, Hang on a minute, here's somebody who is so confident in the skill set that she has, she's telling me I don't need her. But then also what you sort of said a few moments ago is when you do cover these sort of things well, then, you know, the the kind of the nugget that I got from what you just said is that when you do cover these things well, then you can open your mind to, okay, what else could marketing be doing for me? What are the really sort of special things that marketing can do for me? And that's where someone like you comes in. You know, it's that sort of, that sort. Does that all make sense, Bailey? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's partly it comes back to knowing. You know, as, certainly as a solopreneur, you can't 
possibly service everyone. Mm. Uh, so it is okay to be niched and to focus on who you can best help. And, and as you say, you can talk about who you can't help. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. and why you can't help them because and then that sort of positions you as, as someone who actually you, you're very focused and you, you know what you're doing uh, it, it sort of creates a bit more certainty for people mm, definitely and again you know I was thinking of um, the comment you made there about a designer with um, helping customers another thing that I find can be you know have worked with a few designers who've who've done the similar thing is where they've they've also said here here's the way to work with a designer here's how to brief a designer you know which is also helping the customer and it's kind of helping yourself as well because it means mm -hmm. that when people do come to you they've been through the steps you know they considered what they're trying to do who they're trying to reach and so on and so forth so you know we can create things that are helpful to our customers but that sometimes can also be quite helpful to us so mm -hmm. um you know that's that's a that's a great point now so good so that's that's five uh, absolutely is uh, you know you've delivered what it said on the tin you know five <laughs> things that uh that people can do marketing that we can do that doesn't feel like marketing the stuff that as you said we should be kind of ideally doing on an ongoing basis in our business should be a kind of these are sort of marketing habits um that ideally we should be learning and um just instilling in our kind of everyday. So now I know that your the breadth of your work you go much broader than that as well. Where can we find out more about Jill Brennan and Harbour Marketing? Sure, the best place is uh the website. So it's harbren.com, H A R B R E N dot com. And I've got a marketing kickstart kit available on the website okay. which goes through um the top seven mistakes that small businesses often make with their marketing. Mm. And it also um talks about there's a couple of handy charts at the back which talk about you know, the size of your business and then what sort of marketing help is going to best suit you, depending on your budget, your you know, your availability, that sort of thing, and then the pros and cons of the different types of marketing help available. Fantastic. Okay, so that's H-A-R-B-R-E-N, harbren.com. That's correct. Okay. Yes. Now, look, I just got to close up with one question. You know, the story of the painter whose house always needs decorating, the plumber <laughs> whose taps are leaking. What's life like for the marketing person? What's your marketing like? Do you sit there sometimes, you bang your head against the window and go, I'm a marketing person, what's going on? <laughs> sometimes it can uh, can be a little bit overwhelming for me as well. But um, what I've found works best for me is creating a connection with people. So yeah, okay. obviously, you know, podcasts are a great way to do that. Yeah. I'm going to start doing more video, um, but LinkedIn is fantastic. I think you've got to be... Um, cognizant of, of what works but then you've got to keep testing as well so networking is also really great um, mm. but you you have to I think it's important to have the collateral to back up at, uh, participating in those sort of things so mm. I guess if I'd come on to chat with you and I didn't have anything for people to do as a next step then that would be nice to have a chat and nice to share but it wouldn't sort of help people take that take you know sort of move yeah, along if they action. wanted to yeah. yeah do more so. okay all right well look jill thank you so much for uh sharing your expertise with the flying solo community and uh for joining us today thank you thanks very much for having me and look, before i go don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business we get you at flying solo our premium membership has all the tips and tools that you'll need and it's a mere 99 dollars and it now includes full access to our work your way course please head to our join page to learn more 
And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.